And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. I love you, 3000. <sighs> Man, just seeing that just hurt my heart. <laughs> we all received <laughs> God. I was just about to say we're we're both pretty much recovered from being emotionally broken from Avengers Endgame, and then you had to go there. I know, my yeah. gosh, man, Ugh. such a damn good movie, such yeah. a damn good movie. So, anyways, uh, welcome. I think we're episode forty-five. I'm starting to lose track of these. Forty-five, close, yeah, it's forty-five. Closer and closer to our one-year anniversary. Yeah, this is the um, month, actually. Yeah, we so are officially. Yeah, we are officially in the month. Uh, that will bring the one-year anniversary of this uh, little show here. We're uh, a couple of weeks, actually, from now. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. It's pretty fun. And, and, and honestly, we've almost kept kept pace with uh, with that every week with an episode. And, um, you know, because there's 52 weeks in a, in a year. So we're coming up slightly shy. But, but I think uh, it's been an amazing year. And we'll have lots of... Fun updates and goodies and things like that to share with you guys as we get closer and closer yeah. to our anniversary. And we will actually have, by the time we get to, like, the actual one-year mark, I mean, we'll we'll be a lot closer to 52 episodes than I, I even thought we would have, which means we really have no lives. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Pretty I was going to say, we're really committed to the podcast. That too. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm sorry. That's We are just so committed to this. Uh, that we've we've only missed like a handful of weeks, which is and most of those were around the holidays, which you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And then so there was cool. that time you Thor struck your house down. Oh lightning. my god, that was crazy. Yeah, sure was. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We were like literally about to record, and it was like <laughs> power outage. Yeah. Nuts. Uh, so anyway, well, so we're going to talk about um, that Avengers movie that came out uh, last week. What, what? There was an Avengers. Yeah, movie? I hope I don't know if anybody's seen it. Just in case uh, you haven't seen it yet, we're going to get into spoilers. I don't know that there's anybody that's listening to this right now that hasn't seen it. Um, but uh, if that's the case, this is going to be, you know, spoiler filled. Uh, but we're going to start off for those of you who just love hearing our voices and wanted to hear a little bit of the fanboy garage. We are going to we'll start by talking about. Uh, just some of the box office and and uh, the residual effects of that. So, you know, obviously we know what happened opening weekend, which was insanity, right? Uh, yeah. Three hundred. Actually, the original estimates were seven million dollars under the actuals, which is hard to believe. But three hundred fifty-seven million dollar opening weekend domestically, one point two plus billion dollars worldwide. Uh, it's crazy. Not even fathomable. Uh, as we sit here, uh, as you listen to this episode, if you're listening on the, the day it drops, uh, it's already well over $1.5 billion worldwide. And well over, um, well, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be over $450 million domestic. Um, it's just it's, crazy. It's, I mean, it's crazy. Th- yeah, I mean, there's, there, the reports are that this thing could, and it looks like it's, it's going to happen probably be over two billion dollars by the end of this coming weekend, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. just like what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's, it's weekend uh, two. I, I, it's kind of crazy because you put it, you put it into perspective. So one point two billion plus on its first weekend, it's made more money than most of the movies that have come out in their entire theatrical run. So more more money yeah. than Rogue One which is a widely successful film. Yeah. Uh, more money than Aquaman, correct? Yes. Globally, more money than I Captain believe. Marvel. Yeah. 
Um, um, more it, money than Black Panther. Almost. No, no, not almost. more money. But close. Black Panther was like 1.3. But I mean, you know, it was like this was 1.22 like and Black Panther was 1.3. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it, it's, so it's a behemoth of a film. Yeah. And it just continues to, to make money, uh, you know, during days where you'd think, oh, people aren't going to go. No, I mean, like Monday – Monday's uh, actuals came in and was close to $40 million on a Monday. <laughs> like, Not a holiday Monday, or, just a Monday. Just a just a regular Monday. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it, and it just keeps on ranking up money uh, day in and day out. The second weekend, uh, we'll see what that, what that percentage drop looks like. If it holds anywhere close to, I know Christy and I were just talking about yeah. this, but close to 60 or even within the 50% range, it's still a, Crap ton of money. Right. I mean, you have to figure that a movie just because of the sheer size of the opening weekend, you would expect maybe a bigger drop percentage-wise um, than you than normal, be uh, just because of the numbers involved. But mm-hmm. even if it drops sixty percent plus, I mean, you're still looking at like a hundred fifty million or more in week two, and that's if it does have a steep drop like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, even if it did a 70% drop, I mean, you're still looking at well over a $100 million second weekend. Um, right. Plus the international markets and everything else, plus the insane money it's making during the course of this, the five-day week. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, the, the the talk is that this thing's going to be over $2 billion um, by the end of the weekend. And it just, it's hard to believe. I mean, it's... We we knew the thing was going to be huge, right? We knew it was going to be a success. I mean, we we you heard us in real time trying to buy tickets <laughs> to the thing on the show mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. So, um, yeah, I mean, we knew what the pre-sale hype was. They they said it had already outsold the Force Awakens, and you know, within like a half hour right. and stuff like that. So we knew that this thing was going to be huge. Although I don't, I don't know that anybody expected three hundred fifty-seven million and one point two billion. Uh, maybe JRB no did. <laughs> shout out, shout out to JRB. Yeah, for, I guess, I guess so. I mean, I, who knows? His four point five billion dollar over under for Rise of uh, Skywalker and Endgame combined worldwide box office. Who knows what Endgame is going to finish with? Rise of Skywalker might not have to make that much at this point. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the way Endgame it's, is performing, uh, it's uh, we are standing in history. In, in in movie yeah. history, to be honest with you, and I think yeah. the last time I was there and I didn't realize I was participating, and it was when I went to go see Avatar. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, for me, I think the thing I'll be watching is just the people's reactions, and if it if there's a lot of rewatchability right. to Avengers Endgame, like but, you know, three hours is a long time to yeah. to watch a, a movie, uh, any movie for that matter, and. Uh, you know, I, I just wonder if there's going to be many, many people kind of going back and seeing it again. I, I personally would love to, uh, to catch it again. You know, there's just a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff happening in that, uh, in that movie that I think deserves another watch. And um, there is, you know, in fact, of... there's, uh, and I don't know, have you seen this or heard it uh, today? A couple of people uh, at work were telling me that um, there's footage now where apparently Howard the Duck was you could spot Howard the Duck apparently in the big like fight scene. Are you kidding me? That's what they were saying. I didn't see it yet, but some there apparently this is the thing that was going around that if you look hard enough, like at one point you can see Howard the Duck like with a gun or something like that. I, I 
I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised because considering the attention to detail that was put into a lot of this, yeah. uh, and since he is clearly was part of this MCU, right. uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of little things. I'm kind of curious to like look for little cute things like that. Yeah. Um, I I don't know that I would want to go necessarily sit in the theater through it. Uh, to again, but I I kind of have to see this thing again in the theater. Yeah, I, I, I feel I, like I, I, do. I feel you, man. Yeah, it's like the energy. You know, we were. You know, you and I just came off of the uh, the Avengers uh, podcast, and shout out to everyone that participated in that, and thank you so much to uh, our editor in chief over at Revenge of the Fans, Mara Francisco Robles, for inviting us onto the show. But um, you know, we we talked a little bit about that experience being like a lot of people are saying, oh, the experience was an A plus, and yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, the energy, the excitement, the cheers, the the open sobbing that was happening with our fellow fans as I was sitting in the theater was, you know, there's nothing like going to the theater and experiencing a film of this magnitude, you know, a, a, a film that kind of represents a whole lot, um, you know, from a, uh, you know, never been done before kind of event, um, you know, from Marvel and Disney. So it was, it was great to kind of sit through that and I'd love to do that again for sure. Yeah. And so you were mentioning before we started recording about the residual effects that it was having on Captain Marvel. Yeah. Captain Marvel was the number two movie in the country last weekend. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I think it made like four million. Eight million. Or something like that. Eight Eight million. million. Yeah, eight million. What the hell? So So lots of people who pretty much wrote off Captain Marvel. (laughs) <laughs> in the you know initial weeks we're like uh oh i got to go catch that before i go see yeah well uh, and there weren't a lot of i can't imagine there were a lot of people that wrote it off cuz it, i mean it's doing that it's movie's doing shockingly well um but there were a lot of people cuz you know there were a lot of people that came to me and were like do i have to see captain marvel before i yeah. see this movie and I, I told them not really you know i mean you, you it would help to kind of get an idea of who this character is and, and what her powers are and whatnot, but I, you don't have to see it because the movie itself right. doesn't directly tie in. But apparently, yeah, there were people who did decide to say, um, who knows if maybe they were people who couldn't get tickets to Infinity War and mm. just said, well, let's see this while we have a chance because it'll be quieter and then we'll wait to see, in- I'm sorry, Infinity War. We'll wait to see Endgame next week when it's right. a little less chaotic. <laughs> It's kind of funny because I told my brother the same thing. He's like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm going to go see uh, Endgame. Should I go see Captain Marvel first? And I was like, nah. Like, don't worry about that. And <laughs> eh, he could have helped to contribute to the the grand, the grand uh, sure. uh, you know, scheme of things there. But, um, you know, I think, yeah, it would have been. I think her her movie is probably better than her appearance in in, in Endgame, if I'm being honest. But uh, well, yeah, we'll but, get into that too. But yeah. I, you know, it's funny looking just looking at Marvel, uh, well, the uh, Marvel Studios anyway for this year. Like last year was an enormous year for them, obviously with Black mm-hmm. Panther really overperforming, you know, expectations, and then Infinity War performing what you would expect it to, and then you know Ant Man and the Wasp was a huge year, but this year. I mean, Captain Marvel, I think, overperformed expectations, did, you know, well over a billion dollars. 
while it didn't do as much and won't do as much as Black Panther did, clearly Endgame is going to far exceed <laughs> what mm-hmm. Infinity War did. And you have to assume Spider-Man Far From Home is going to far outperform Ant-Man oh and the Wasp. God, yeah. So this is just going to be a just an insane year, financially, I mean, anyway, for Marvel it, Studios. And it's, re- it's brilliant if you think about it. Like, Spider-Man now becomes like, you know, it's the end of, what, Phase 4? 3. Phase three, which is phase three, seems like it's never ended. It's yeah, it's the end of phase three, but it it it's like that first film that turns the page, right? Or or is, or is the first the first film that comes after the page has been turned essentially. Right. Yes. So there's gonna be a lot of I think I think it's gonna be a, a huge opening for Spider Man, not only because it's Spider Man. But because again, you know, it's going to be the first step forward out of everything that's happened after after Endgame. So right. I expect, yeah, I mean, that's, Plus, I, that might be another billion dollar film. It right might there. be. I mean, far from. I mean, um, Homecoming, you know, had a lot of goodwill going for it after the ill will that was left over from the the Amazing Spider Man reboot situation. Um, you know, and it did what over eight hundred million worldwide and. You know, over three hundred million domestic, so it did. It performed very well, but you would think, yeah, I mean, potentially um, that movie coming out in the summer, uh, a major character like Spider-Man, who's been sort of resurrected <laughs> uh, mm-hmm, now in the mm-hmm. MCU. Yeah, I mean, it's not crazy to think that. I mean, look, if Captain Marvel did over a billion, uh, Spider-Man certainly could. Uh, you know, as long as the reviews are good, and and yeah, and I think people. Some people might go to see it thinking that it's the beginning of the next phase and they might get an idea of where everything is headed, which, you know what, there may be a little bit of that in it. But yeah, I mean, either way, though, even if if it performs at the same level as Spider-Man Homecoming, it's still going to be a ridiculous year. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, you know, for Marvel Studios. Oh, my God. Jeez. Well, uh, I'm I'm I'm. I'm ready for the ride. Yeah, well, so let's do it. You know, let's start talking about this. So now this is the point where if you um, if you have uh, not seen this movie, you probably don't want to go on much further because we are going to talk spoilers here. And uh, we did talk about it, like Aaron said, on the Revengers Assemble Roundtable podcast thing. Uh, That's that came a lot out to say. On Reven- <laughs> yeah, on Revenge of the Fans. Um. You know, but now we're going to get into a little bit more, even more detail than we were able to get into on there. Um, so, just in general, uh, we both loved it, right? Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> I just want that quick little like. Uh, I gave it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of like letter grading and stuff, but um, we were asked to do letter grades on that podcast, and I said that the experience was an A plus and the movie was an A. Same. Uh, yeah, so we're both on the same page with that. Um, and the reason why I say that is because this experience was really not like anything else that I think I've had ever had in a movie. Um, as far as being in the theater that night, the, the energy that was in that theater, um, the re people were reacting just, Mm. I mean, so much emotion, um, and the, just the, the whole, f- the scope of the film and everything. So the experience itself was an A plus. I, I'm not going to say the movie is an A plus. Um, I don't find it as flawed as some people did. Even yeah. people who liked it, who 
felt like it was flawed, but they loved it anyway. I don't really think it's as flawed. So I'm going to say A for the movie itself. Um, yeah. And, you know, and uh, we, could, yeah. we can get into I all mean, of our pros and cons and whatnot as we go along. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I agree. I'm with you. Um, I, You know, the funny thing is I'd say A plus only for the experience because of just me. You know, I was having a great time at the theater. Yeah. I was excited. I was like, you know, I think this is the first time in a long time where I've gone to see a film and I know next to Dick about it. Like I knew nothing. I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you what was going to happen. I didn't you know, I couldn't predict anything that was going to happen. Um, and so I enjoyed that experience. Um, I will say that the people that was in my crowd, I mean, I went at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night and I was exhausted. I I was I, the, like, I just got to the theater on time. I got myself a huge cup of coffee. Not, you know, probably didn't even really need it because I finished it in like five minutes after sitting there. But the, the crowd was kind of subdued. And I just wondered if that had anything to do with um, um, the <clears throat> just the timing of seeing the movie. That being said, lots of people applauded, lots of cheers, lots of hoots and excitement um, about that. Uh, for me, regarding the film, yeah, definitely an A. I thought it was, um, you know, emotionally weighted, uh, lots of fun to watch. Again, unpredictable to, to a degree. And, um, you know, I have heard people kind of complain about certain things and the way that certain characters were handled. A lot of that stuff didn't, didn't bother me. I wasn't really right. phased by any of that stuff. Um, so yeah, no, overall it was a great movie. Again, I want to see it one more time, um, before I own it because then I'll, I need me that like full MCU box set. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved it. I and now, it was, I it now great. the good news is, you know, more than Dick about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know Jane. Yeah, so that's important. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. You know, I think one of the things that gets lost when people look at movies like this, and I'm not going to say it's it's easy to make any movie, right? But when you're making a movie that's a little smaller in scope and scale, you have a lot more control over it. But to to pull off something like this, th- what these what the Russo brothers have done with Infinity War and Endgame is pretty remarkable. You know, when you think about the scope of these movies, how many characters were involved, how they had to juggle screen time, you know, how they just, how they handled the battles. I mean, it's, it's really is to me a remarkable achievement. Mm -hmm. Uh, and as a superhero fan and a comic book fan and, and a, you know, fan of these types of movies, I mean, I I don't, I, I don't know how you couldn't just sit there and smile from ear to ear. Mm. You know, watching what these two, what these guys have done, and what they've brought to life here. Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminded me of like Return of the King, um, which was also like a, a huge epic cultural moment. Um, I mean, obviously, Endgame is is way surpassed any of that stuff. But but agree. I mean, the fact that they were able to, you know, one film two Avengers film or movies together. Um, the number of characters that they were able to right. stitch together, tell a cohesive narrative, put put each character in their own peril, um, add that emotional um, weight to to characters that we you know were 
sort of they were absent in Infinity War, to be honest with you. I mean, Hawkeye and, and Ant-Man um, were great additions to, you know, to this to this movie. And then to kind of wrap it all up with a nice little bow, you know, tie up two of the main characters of the film, send them off in the right way. There was just a lot going on yes. and they pulled it off. And considering that these two guys uh, came from the TV world yep. and um, just to see their evolution as filmmakers as well is kind of it's kind of been a fascinating ride, you know, to go from Winter Soldier to Civil War and kind of, you know, to kind of back end all of the la- the latest uh, MCU films. It's 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 great. And they did a phenomenal job. Yeah, absolutely. Um and and starting with the Winter Soldier, which, you know, a lot of people still consider to be the best Marvel film. I still do. Yeah. But again, that's kind of what I talk about where but the scope of that much different obviously, right? Yeah, Winter Soldier is a, a totally, very a totally different, different film. Yeah. But it's great, obviously. Yeah. And then go all the way to this. Uh, oh, yeah. my God, yeah. I mean, yeah. clearly these guys can make a movie. Um, but it, you know, And the thing is, like, they, they went, you know, they go from Winter Soldier to this, and they had to pay um, homage to all of the movies that came before it. Right. You know? Yeah. You're talking, you know, years of films and, and, and styles from different directors and all yep. of that, like weaving all of that in and pulling it all off. Is that, I mean, come on. Right. That, that's huge. Yeah. Because contrary to popular belief, you know, and we've talked about this before, like the concept of the Marvel formula. Well, there has been a little bit more variety throughout the years than people realize, I think, because mm-hmm. we, we forget so you forget that, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was very different in a lot of ways, yeah. right? You yeah. forget that Captain America, the first Avenger, is different. It's a period piece. Mm-hmm. You know, you forget that, um, you know, a, a movie like The Winter Soldier stands out as being mm-hmm. different. Uh, you know, in fact, the three, and in Civil War, it really isn't, you know it's a Captain America movie by title, but... And it is a follow-up to the Winter Soldier, but realistically, I mean, you know, Civil War was like Avengers 2.1, right? right? Uh, Age of Ultron is actually the forgotten Avengers movie, I think, a lot, right? Right. That movie just kind of, people don't talk about it anymore. Civil War really is almost like the second Avengers movie in a lot of ways. Um, But yeah, like, there's been some variety, and Spider-Man Homecoming, you know, was different. It Mm -hmm. felt different. There's been a lot of, you know, things that are different. Ragnarok didn't feel anything like the previous oh Thor movies. You know what I mean? It right. was closer to Guardians of the Galaxy and as far as its vibe and everything and, and the feel. So, you know, I mean, there's been a little bit more variety here and the characters are not all the same. So, yeah, to juggle all of that and to, to stay true to everybody is not, I mean, that's hard <laughs> when everybody's in the same damn movie together. Agree, and I think the other thing that they they pulled off so well was, you know, you talk about Thor and you know the tonal shift uh, from the other Thor films that happens in Ragnarok, and yet they still had the balls to put Thor in Dark World. Yes, they did. Set him back up in you know with this Asgardian sort of like yes. you know regality. Yep, and balance that 
and then at the end when you know they're kind of setting you know each avenger on their on their path again you know and and thor joins you know the guardians of the galaxy it still very much felt like taika waititi's yes thor ragnarok yep you know what i mean so it's like the the writing the the way that they did all of that it was just like it, that's top notch stuff mm-hmm. like the, it 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 is i mean we we can't we can't overlook that at all it it's a it's a phenomenal way of sort of piecing you know all of these puzzle pieces together you know again creating a, a holistic narrative and still paying uh still creating these characters and making them compelling enough that you actually give a damn you know, yes. and and not and not get you distracted of like, oh well, that's not, that's not the same character that I remember from like two movies ago, um, and in in some cases they evolved characters like the Hulk, you know, who, um, they used the five year time jump to kind of change things with him and put him in a different place, um, which I think worked really well. I had a lot right. of fun with it. Yeah. Um, so it was you know again, and we give credit out. to the Russos as we should, but you know. It also speaks to the concept of what Kevin Feige has put together with Marvel 100%. Studios. You know, I mean, they have done something that nobody else has done. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think anybody else should really try to do. They, they created a 22-movie arc, right, um, mm-hmm. that winds up being one big saga. And, you know, it, it all, it was a shared vision. Now, again, I mean, there were, there was more variety than you think, but it still was a, a shared vision. It was one vision, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a guiding force there. So there was continuity there. And that helps when you have that. Um, and they didn't deviate from that. Even though different filmmakers brought different feels to certain things in some ways, they still stuck with the vision and, you know, and and that's what helps in a lot of that. But we've gone now 25 minutes and we still haven't even really talked about the details of the movie. So we might as well get into the movie (laughs) a little bit. So, and I, I, for those of you who heard the Revengers roundtable, I had mentioned there that, you know, one of the reasons why I felt this movie, I felt the emotion of this movie a lot is because Infinity War and Endgame bookend a 12-month period in my life where a lot of things happened and a lot of things mm-hmm. changed, okay? This 12 months, and having nothing to do with those movies, it just so happened that they wound up being the bookends for this 12-month roller, emotional roller coaster ride that I went on uh, you know, involving major life changes and, you know, some good, some bad, um, you know, but it's been quite a ride for me, uh, throughout the time that we, and it also kind of in some ways bookends us starting this podcast. Well, it sure does. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, going into the movie, um, a lot of the themes of this film resonated with me. And I'm going to start with those because I mentioned them towards the end of the Revengers Roundtable. But I'm going to start with those because the emotional impact that this movie had on me is really because of the fact that the themes of the main theme of this movie to me was not about defeating Thanos, right? It was about family, sacrifice, mm-hmm. understanding what's truly important in life. And these are all things that resonated with me in my personal life. Yes, it's a superhero film at the end of the day, but this movie manages to be completely epic and completely personal all at the same time. And within the third act of the movie, you get both. It's 
as epic as anything you've ever seen and also as personal as anything you've ever seen. Um, And it ends on the personal side because that's really the heart of this film, right? So when Tony Stark snaps his fingers and says, I am Iron Man and Thanos and all of his minions just turn to dust, everything that happens from that point on is the best thing in this movie. It's not the Mm -hmm. most exciting thing. That moment when all of these characters are come out together, all of the you know the people who turned to ash in Infinity War, and everybody's standing there. I, 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 you know, was like, I can't believe what I'm watching right now, and I almost jumped out of my seat and ran up and down the aisles. But everything that happens from the time that Tony Stark snaps his fingers out, that's the best thing in this movie. And that's mm-hmm. what really started to destroy me. And the little moments, the, the the I know you were really affected by the conversation that Pepper's it's really not even a conversation. The things that Pepper is saying to Tony as he's mm-hmm. dying. I was really affected by Happy talking to Tony and Pepper's daughter. That destroyed me. That finished me. Mm. That was the line when that about when he's talking to her about the cheeseburgers. Like that hit me so hard. Like I was done at that point. I was. I went from like you know tears coming down my face to ugly crying, and and I knew that I was going to be inconsolable uh, for a while. Hawkeye reuniting with his family. All of those moments, seeing everybody at the funeral. Uh, that's that's the stuff that really got me, and yeah. and that's not what you necessarily expect. In a movie like this, a big, loud, epic movie like this, those were the moments that resonated with me. And yeah. and of course, you know, everything with Captain America, you know, yeah. s- seeing old Cap and that moment when he puts his hand out and you realize he's wearing a wedding band. Right. That right. that was that was rough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, yeah. it, it's funny for me. The emotional roller coaster started like the moment the movie did. Um, with, uh, you know, Clint and his family and they're having that time. And I had, I had tweeted about this, like right after, uh, right after infinity war saying like, can you imagine, you know, Clint's on the farm and eating breakfast and all of a sudden, you know, his, his whole family turns to ash. Like, what does that do to somebody? And, um, I mean, it's pretty, I was, you know, it's pretty much what was happening. You know, he, it was like that, that feeling of, um, helplessness and loss right away. You know, I thought that set the stage, uh, really well for the, for the movie. And, you know, that, that scene kind of like, kind of caught me, uh, hit me really hard in the chest. And I just felt from that point on, you know, this weight of, yeah, this, this movie's not playing around. Um, and uh, you know we kind of get into the into the the plot of things, and they you know are all trying to they right away go to confront Thanos, who is pretty much broken mm-hmm. after after destroying the Infinity uh, Stones, and um, and then immediately after that, you know, then we have that whole Tony Stark thing, and he comes back, and then he has that blowout with Cap, and I was like sobbing there, so it's kind of like. <laughs> right. um, you know, one thing after another, you know, Scott Lang uh, seeing his daughter oh, after being was, gone for yes. five years and, and hit me, you know, that hit me like a ton of yeah. bricks. And Paul Rudd, you know, so here's the one thing in this. Now, 
we'll, we'll talk about this, but remind me to go back to Hawkeye for a second uh, afterward. Um, Paul Rudd is really good in this movie. Oh, he's, he's amazing. And and that character is given a lot of a lot more weight than mm-hmm. he had been. You know, because it's been played almost. I don't necessarily say goofy. It's probably the wrong word, but you know he he hasn't it hasn't been the most serious he's like character. A, he's right? a simple man. Yeah, and he has he's given a lot of weight in this, and and the the character is important to the movie and fits. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that scene with the daughter is um that's powerful stuff. Yeah, and that's it, when you know it, they're not playing around. And here's the other thing that I just I, you know again the brilliance of of the way that this film is laid out. Everybody else in this movie has this enormous weight on their shoulders, right? They're all lost. They've all submitted and succumbed to the fact that there's nothing more that they can do. It's not until Paul Rudd's Ant-Man comes back, who hasn't really necessarily been affected by everything that's happened in the five years because he's only been gone in his mind for five hours, right? that there's still hope, that there's still a chance that they can fix things. He's the op. He's the mm-hmm. ray of optimism in right. that movie, and he's the spark yes. that gets all of the other Avengers excited about the chance of kind of going back and and fixing everything that Thanos yeah. has done. The two That's turning, amazing stuff. It is the that, two turning points in this movie that are both very nuanced, right? And that's why I will. While I did not love, I'm not going to pretend like the first two acts of this film are perfect. Okay, because they're not, but there is so much nuance that I, I think they're much stronger than people have given them credit for being. Yeah. And yeah. what you just said is one of those things. And the other thing is the other turning point in this movie, which is the moment when Tony sees the picture of him and Peter together. And that yeah. basically changes everything. He yeah. sees that picture and then decides he's going to go all in on this time travel stuff. Because he realizes that this is much bigger than him and his selfishness mm-hmm. and his family and all of that stuff. And it pays off. You know, that relationship between Peter and Tony that we saw start in Civil War and went through Homecoming and went through Infinity War, it pays off big time in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just quickly to get back to the Hawkeye thing before I forget it, um, what I loved about that and how that, you know, opening the movie like that is because in Infinity War, you didn't, you got to see all these heroes turning to dust, right? Or ash, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really get to see, like, people living their everyday lives for the most part, right? So what was nice about that scene is, while well, yes, it's Hawkeye, but it, the way it's presented, it's like just a family, <laughs> Just right. doing their thing, like on a casual, relaxing day, and then all of a sudden they're gone, and it's like, oh my god, like that's what it would be like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, there were plenty of people like that, more people mm-hmm. like that than like than our heroes, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's what I loved about it because it added like it gave a realism and as realistic as it could be uh, to that moment, mm-hmm. you know, of like oh my god, like families are are vanishing. So that's what I loved about that. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that was the whole purpose of him retiring and all of that stuff too, right? It was yeah. to spend more time with his family and sure. his wife is pregnant and, and all that stuff. So once that's stripped away from him, you can totally understand why he goes on the other yeah. spectrum and becomes Ronan. Right. Um, 
you know, just to circle back on some of the stuff you were talking about towards the end of the film, like, <laughs> believe me, once we got through the, well, once Pepper says what she says to Tony, at that point, I'm done. Like, I'm I'm pieces of myself all over the floor. Yeah, yes. And yeah. I'm just getting hit one, boom, off after the other, after the other. Like, I was openly sobbing, you know, during the cat part. Not, it wasn't. It was yes, it was the ring, but it was more of what he says to uh, to Falcon. Falcon's like, "Oh, you want to tell me about that?" And he stops and he thinks to himself, and he's like, "Nope, I'm okay. Right, I'm gonna keep that to myself." Yeah, like the like I get where you, I you know like that's his. You know what I yes. mean? Like that's his story. Yes. Um, I love that. I thought that was I thought it was beautiful. The 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 passing of the. Of the shield yeah. uh, to Falcon was was amazing. And the way that Bucky kind of looks at him and gives him the nod like, yeah, that's yours, man. Like, that, that's all you. Yep. Um, you know, that was great. Again, love you 3000. <laughs> I, I just can't. I like legit can't because I know what that feels like. Um, and that final scene to me with... Um, Steve and Peggy dancing oh, God. and then the kiss that, I mean, I was done already, but that was, yeah. I mean, if I had any chance of recovery, that pretty much was the, that was it for me. Um, especially with some of the things that went on in my life over that 12 month period. I mean, that resonated big time with me. Um, and it really was a perfect way to, to end it because, you know, the uh, cap and, and Iron Man have had these great arcs, right, throughout their movies. And those arcs, you know, are fully realized. And they paid yeah. off the way that they really should have. Both things paid off the way they should have. In a very satisfying way. Um, and in ways that made, well, made sense as far as the characters and their journeys anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so I don't think it could have been any more perfect. Um and and yeah, yeah I, I just I like the Tony Stark arc that starts from the first Iron Man and really changes at the end of the first Avengers. Um, and then, you know, you start to see how he changed by Iron Man 3 where he's completely like anxiety ridden and paranoid. And then, you know, Civil Age of Ultron and Civil War takes it to these new levels. And now to see then his journey throughout this film... Uh, I just thought, like, that character arc, I mean, is just, it's absolutely perfect. And you, when you consider the number of films that that character was in, maintaining mm-hmm. that continuity mm-hmm. and that arc and how it pays off is just, it's, it's quite an achievement. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I, I mean, it definitely, um, it pays off on some of the things, you know, the, to your point, the Tony Stark that was in 2008 you know where jensen the man he meets in uh the cave says you know so you're a man who has everything and nothing you know that's right that's deep you know uh the guy dies and he you know and tony says thank you for saving me and he says to him you know don't waste it don't waste your life like all of that stuff pays off at the end of at the end of yeah. uh, of Endgame, right. you know, um, and that's the very f- one of the very first things in the MCU completely right. pays off at the end of that saga, 
Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's every it's everything from, you know, let's take Cap for example, right? So so Cap is a man out of time, literally. Yes. Right. But his only like the thing, the one thing he's holding on to is the date that he missed with Peggy, right? And it's mm-hmm. using that compass. It points back to her all the time and looking at that and reminding himself and he gets to he gets to go back there and he gets to have what you know what he's always wanted um that's just uh, man so so good um and that's why i say like and i said this on the revengers thing um you know don't overthink time travel Right. You know, people are right. overthinking time, which is a complete work of fiction, right? So, I mean, we're applying rules to something where it, 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 we're making it's all made up, right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, I just it's amazing to me that you could be okay with the existence of Captain America, who <laughs> was fr- frozen for how many decades and thought <laughs> out, years. yeah, thought out, and he's fine. That's okay with you, but like, you're going to nitpick time travel. Like, yeah. really? Come on, man. I mean, that's yeah. why I'm like, there, there was so much nuance in this movie and so many beautiful things in this movie that, that made sense within the context of what it is that I don't know why we want to overthink things and, and start to try to nitpick and, and, you know, poke holes through things that don't really need them. It doesn't matter because they kind of clawed themselves into into it anyways, right? So, you know, Rhodey goes on to say, he starts literally listing every time travel film to date and he pokes holes through all of it and you know that's like the russo brothers looking you know saying something directly to the audience like yeah there's going to be some holes that you'll be able to poke through this but just kind of go along with the ride because it doesn't shouldn't necessarily change your experience of the film right right so there's that then uh there's the the whole reason why hulk meets the source of supreme in um in new york and they have that dialogue is to set the stage for what needs to happen, which is you can take the stones out of t- the timeline, but you have to put them back exactly where they were taken because everything then needs to continue on the way that it was supposed to. Right. That's the whole point. Right. So, a- again, they backed themselves into that. It was smart. It, you know, a- anybody that wants to kind of go, oh, yeah, you know, <clears throat> this doesn't make any sense or. Or whatever, um, go for it, because it probably won't. But you should. I mean, again, if you're if you're gonna suspend suspend belief that, you know, a man can uh, grow into a freaking nine foot green monster, yes. and that a raccoon can talk, yes. um, you <laughs> you better believe in time travel. Sure. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. um, <clears throat> so one of the things, speaking of time travel. Were there any things that like absolutely bothered you? No. no I'm not saying that time travel bothered me. Uh, no, I mean, not as far as that. I mean, the only real, um, I mean, if I really have to, you know, find something that maybe I thought was not my favorite thing, um, I, I got a kick out of Fat Thor, but I thought it maybe was a little overdone. Thor Lebowski. Yeah, a little jokey, little too much. And again, I'm not one of those like you. You know, we all know that I, I'm. I love comedy in movies, even these movies. But I, I did think it was a little jokey. I, I liked what they did with the Hulk, but even that, I think I would have liked to have had the, at least one moment where he got really angry and became like Hulk Hulk. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so we even in, at least in that final battle, just to get to see that once, like to experience it one more time, I feel right. like Giant Man almost kind of took some of that. <laughs> Some of those scenes that you would have given yeah, to Hulk. Yeah, but in you some know, ways. the funny thing is that the Hulk already punched one of those Leviathans in the in the face, anyways. Right, but which is fine. <laughs> I know, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but but I mean, again, these aren't even things that really bothered me a lot. It's just, I mean, you know, I'm they're the things I was least in love with in this. I guess if I have to to, to use yeah. the most accurate term, um, I didn't even think people were like, oh, it was too long. I didn't think it was too long. I actually didn't look at my phone once to see what time it was, and I wasn't bored or antsy or depressed at no, any no, point in this I. thing. And 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 I think a big reason for that is because I was enjoying a lot. Of, first of all, again, if you've seen all 22 of these movies, this is a treat for you because you were rewarded, right? Mm-hmm. In little ways, in big ways, um, there was something for you to kind of take in almost every second of this movie. Whether it was mm-hmm. the flashbacks to, or the, not really flashbacks, the the revisiting of the like the original Avengers, or again the Thor: The Dark World stuff, um, you know, the reconciliation, Tony reconciling with his father, and um, you know, mm-hmm. Cap seeing Peg, like all of that stuff, like that stuff that all all of that stuff is stuff that pays off if you followed these characters along the way. Um, you know, again, we mentioned the little moment, like Tony looking at finding the picture of him and Peter Parker. Um, so that's why I didn't find that it dragged a lot because there was so many little things that, that I thought paid off and you're, you're being introduced to characters, um, that you haven't seen in a little while. And, um, you know, like running into Valkyrie at, at new Asgard and things like that. Like, so there was a lot of that going on. Uh, so I didn't even really have a problem with the length, and and I mean, really, they're tying up twenty two films. Yeah, it wasn't going to be a short. Of course, it's not going to be short a short movie. movie. It was a lot to nah. accomplish in this. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't, I mean, so those little minor things would be the like I said, the things that I loved the least about it. Um, but I wouldn't even say they were things I disliked. It was just yeah. you know, like I said, just stuff that I I liked the least. Um, I thought that the the Black Widow death scene, um, I thought that whole sequence with her and Hulk, I thought it was all very earned. I thought it was all powerful. Yeah. I thought it was great. Um, I thought it made sense, you know, for her. And you actually said this, and it's smart, like her family is the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, again, it gets back to that theme, like I said, the themes of family and sacrifice. Well, that scene alone is about family and sacrifice. she That's her family. She was sacrificing herself for her family, as opposed yeah. to Hawkeye having to sacrifice himself for his actual family. Um, right. You know, and, and I, that whole thing, the whole build up to it, the tension there of who is it going to be and and the, them fighting and all that stuff. I mean, that was all really great. Uh, and yeah, it didn't I lo- seem I love forced. That. I it was awesome. Yeah, it didn't seem forced. Didn't seem cheap. You know, didn't seem gratuitous just to do it. Um, had a reason. Right. Had a you know, yeah. So even that was really really well done. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, there's I, honestly like, for me, yeah, maybe the Thor stuff was was a little heavy handed, but I, I freaking loved it anyways. I thought it was I thought it was fine. I thought I thought for sure as soon as he grabbed you know uh, Stormbreaker, like the weight would fly off of him. But nope, he he owned all of that. Um, you know, he even put his hair up, looking like a legit Viking, um, and and crushed it. Um, 
Yeah, if there was one one thing and it kind of does play with the time travel stuff, but it's really not that big of a deal is just the fact that Nebula killed herself. Um so I don't know what that actually means for her. That was the one thing. That was really the one thing. I mean, she could have been rebuilt, reassembled and that would be that, but yeah. But how 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 she ends up getting back to her time timeline, I don't know either. So it is what it is. I don't really care unless Cap did something so <clears throat> other than that i thought um you know yeah we talked about uh hawkeye and 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 uh and black widow i love that i i got super excited i know some some folks that we were talking with on the revengers uh podcast didn't really like the sort of women avengers team up but i thought it was necessary i thought that it was a lot of fun, and while yes, Captain Marvel is probably this all-powerful, you know, being, it was great to see them all rally behind her, and um, to do their own thing. I mean, I thought Scarlet Witch too was just totally badass. Yeah. Like, like Thanos needed to call in the big guns because she was whooping his ass. Yes. Um, and that's and, a character uh, that, I mean, we will see more of uh, on Disney yeah, Plus, but that's a know, character that we, we probably should have gotten to see a lot more of cause I she's been much cooler in these movies than she was, um, in, um, age of Ultron, obviously. Yeah. Although she is the, I mean, she's one of the reasons for the Sokovia Accords. Uh, right. Well, no, I'm sorry. She was, well, the whole bombing thing, that's kind of her thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was, she was awesome, but I'll tell you that the scene, Again, <laughs> just crying, and and even about just thinking about it right now, and about to talk about it, just kind of get gets me emotional, and I don't really understand why. Um, but it's a scene where, uh, Cap is going toe to toe with Thanos. He's getting his ass handed to him, and you know the man is going to stand up, right? Stands up. Gets goes toe to toe again, you know, kind of squares up with with Thanos. And I'm thinking, as I'm watching this scene, oh, he's gonna he's gonna die. Like, in no point in my mind was I thinking, oh, right, the snap happened. All of the characters are kind of reinstated and they're all back to where they needed to be. I'm thinking this is the point where Cap is is done for. Thanos is gonna wipe him from the face of the yep. earth, and we get the. Cap, Cap, can you hear me? And you're on your left, dude, sobbing. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it was. It was just the callback to the beginning of Winter of Winter Soldier, where he, Captain America is doing that. And Steve Rogers as he's running around, and you know Falcon is is jogging, and he's like on your left. I just thought it was awesome to hear that and see that, and then all of a sudden, all the portals open up. Yes, that was, was the moment where I was ready to jump, run up and down the aisles. Oh, I wasn't man. alone either. There were people I think who actually were running up and down the aisles. That that moment is still the that and Cap with the hammer uh, oh. were the two like epic like I, I you're not alive if you didn't want to jump up and down. Yeah, uh, and just high five anything that you know had a hand uh, in yeah. those two moments. I mean, those moments are just those two moments were absolutely incredible as far as spectacle. I mean, we we talked about the emotional stuff, but those as far as like the kick ass like hell yeah moments, like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, 
kept kept going all in with the uh you know with Mjolnir yeah. and uh and his shield and, and even that was a both. payoff you know like that was something that had been kind of teased and sort of built up yeah and and, oh, and the, Thor going I knew it yeah Thor's reaction was like priceless yeah it's it great stuff I mean yeah. there's just so much that you want in the film and that's yeah. kind of one of the reasons why I want to see it again because there is a lot there yeah. is just so much good stuff going on in the film it um and again just thinking about the scope of it all it, it yeah. it's amazing it really is amazing what else is amazing uh, too for me is the fact that as long as it is and how much happens in this movie i've seen it once and I, it was a, a week ago and i still remember so much of it dude it resonates yeah like all these little details like yeah. i don't necessarily even like if i didn't see it again i would still remember like I remember all of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I would yeah. go see it again just to take in things maybe I missed the first time. But of the stuff I saw, like it all stuck with me. Yeah, and some of the cameos. You know, one of the Russo brothers playing a, a you know a character yeah. in, the, in the support group was it Ken Ken? Uh, what's the comedian's name? Ken Ken Jung. Yeah, and, um, and the, he was the security guard. Yeah, all those little things. That's like really cool to see. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. And man. the fact that they so got they got Robert Redford <laughs> to come to back. Show up. They got Michael Douglas, you know, to show up just for that one moment at the end with the right. You know, like really awesome. All, all all of that stuff, you know. Peggy Carter, the dude that played Jarvis in the Peggy Carter series, is Jarvis. Right. Like that. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. It was. I mean, the only things that were missing were the Netflix characters, but but uh, which we know. knew wasn't going to because they were never. Yeah, wasn't. I mean, you know, whatever. But yeah, yeah. but there's just you know that some some really good Easter eggs uh, throughout throughout the movie, and um, you know, I, def- I man, I definitely definitely want to see it again for yeah. sure. Um, I'm trying to think what else. There now, the one thing we about. haven't talked about. And there's a reason, well, you mentioned it briefly as far as the woman thing, but the one thing we really haven't talked about is because it is the one thing that I was disappointed in uh, was Captain Marvel. So I thought, now you and I both kind of had the same feelings on that movie. We both thought it was okay that the third act saved it Um, and that I just assumed that she would be much cooler and we'd see a lot more of her in Endgame. Uh, That's not the case. she's there in the beginning and there in the end and that's it pretty much and she doesn't really do a lot now she has there's importance to her in it but and i'm not going to say the scene with her you know where she shows up isn't badass because it is Mm -hmm. but again like it's another case of like you know all these years right we've been saying well where the heck has she been right she's the most powerful being whatever and and where has she been all this time? Oh, well, she was away. You know, well, guess what? Now they know who she is. She's here. And it's still, where the hell has she been? Like, where are you? You know, right. and it was like, that right. was a little surprising to me. Like, I thought she would have a much bigger role in this. And I thought that, um, you know, she'd get a lot more screen time. And she does have a couple of really cool epic moments. But they're mm-hmm. literally just a couple of really yeah, cool moments. I mean, she has maybe like two lines, three lines, maybe. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I, I totally agree. And and she does give us the excuse. She's like, 
basically everything that's happened on Earth has happened to the rest of the galaxy. So I'm trying to help out as much as I can. Yes. Um, fine. Yeah, but at this point, it. like the galaxy gets it. Like, like they all I want mean, you there to help to do this. That, it's like great, but we're watching Avengers Endgame on Earth, so bring your ass to Earth. Um, right. You know, yeah, I, but I get it. You got to balance, right? Yes. She is – maybe it's one of those things where they want to keep her. They wanted to introduce her because she's obviously going to be the future of the MCU, but she's so powerful that, you know, kind of putting her on the sidelines – helps to bring out, you know, the other characters, really the original Avenger characters, um, because she could have just wiped the floor with Thanos. Like, there's no problem with that. Like, there's that whole scene where she's fighting him, and she's, like, going full-on Super Saiyan, and he goes to headbutt her, and he, like, hurts himself, because she's got, like, the this force thing going on around her, and it's like, yeah, that's how badass she is. Like she just grabbed you and you can't do anything about it. So, and I don't even remember how how she, he ended up throwing her off. Well, he but... put the he switched the stone, remember? And he he punched. Oh, that, that's right. He took one out, right? Yeah. Um, the yeah, he, he took a stone out of the yeah. thing and hit her with his other fist. The thing was the um, I forgot the other stone, the yeah. purple one, yeah. whatever that so, one was. Uh, yeah, and I agree. I mean, I I'm assuming that if they are going to be going more cosmic. Which everyone keeps saying is going to be the you know phase four or whatever that she would almost become like the Iron Man of right. that because you know she's that's her world and she probably shows up in a bunch of different movies and stuff so so yeah mm-hmm. I get it you don't want to overdo it but I still thought yeah. considering her movie just came out um, that we would get a, a little bit more of her yeah, it makes this. me wonder since you know this movie was filmed before. Uh, before Captain Marvel, if they didn't really, I mean, they didn't want to put their eggs in that basket. You I mean, know, I guess what that's if, what true. If Captain Marvel, what if Captain Marvel had flopped? Sure. And then you've got an unlikable character kind of stealing the show. True. That I mean, that's possible. That work. So I guess, and then at the end of the day, it doesn't detract from the movie. No. And, no. you know, it's a win-win for them because both movies are, you know, doing really well. But yeah, it's just was, I just was expecting something a little different, but that's fine. I mean, eventually she'll get to be featured in a movie that I think is really, that focuses on her that I think is really weird because I still think that character has a great movie in her. We just haven't yeah. seen, well, we, we've seen her in a great movie, but based on her, we haven't seen her yet in a great movie. So Right, right, yeah. yeah. The, the one thing I wanted to say, and I don't know if a lot of people caught, caught on to this, but... You know, towards the end of the film where um, they're kind of having their little memorial service for Tony. Uh, and you they're like they pass every character. There's one scene. It's like the last person that they kind of focus on before they get to the stairs. And you see Maria Hill and you see uh, Nick Fury on the stairs. There's like a teenage kid. Yes. Do you remember this? And yes, they pause I, on him yes, for that's a hot the, second. Yes, I know who that is too. And it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That they did that. Isn't that awesome? It's the kid from Iron Man 3. Yes, it is. So that's where we talk about the attention to detail was fantastic. Yeah. This is good stuff, man. This is freaking good stuff. So, you know, for those folks that are listening, and you may not have liked the film as much as we did, we hope that, you know, obviously in this conversation, it sounds like I'm wrapping things up, and we could be, but um, 
that you start to appreciate some of the things that we, you know, we're bringing to your attention. If not, then cool, whatever, different strokes for different folks. But, um, but man, I'll tell you one thing. I don't think there'll ever be another film like this. I, I mean, I just, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine again, like, uh, is, who is somebody else going to put together a 22 episode well, saga that, that kind of pays off in this way? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it, 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 that's not a knock on anybody else. It's just no. the circumstances around this it, it, make it you special. Can only do, you can only do something so big once. Right. Before, you know what I mean? Like yes. that's what it, it's the original. And the thing is too, you know, the thing about the times you know, this is essentially this generation Star Wars movie. Like, as much as I love Star Wars, right? Do I think do I think the Rise of Skywalker is going to do anything close to this movie or capture that kind of attention? No. Like, right? I, 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 like, believe me, I think it'll do well. But the moment that this movie has created in culture, in history, I don't think. Um, I don't think Rise of Skywalker will do that. I, you know what, and uh, yeah, and you know, I had said when we had Rick on um, talking about Star Wars, I mentioned how as soon as the Star Wars, the the Rise of Skywalker trailer ended, I had forgotten about Endgame. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's out there. Yeah, that I you right back into a black hole. I've forgotten about every. Now after Endgame, I don't even know what movies are coming out the rest of the year. Yeah, I can't imagine that any movie. And I'm look, I'm looking forward to Rise of Skywalker oh, anxiously, and I'm gonna, you know, hopefully it's great and whatever. But I can't imagine I'm going to leave the theater at after that feeling the same things I felt after leaving this. And that's not an A. I mean, I look, I'm a Star Wars baby. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I grew up, literally grew up on that franchise. Star Wars has always been my thing. But, yeah, I agree. I've been saying for years that the MCU is this generation's Star Wars. Yeah. Um, it just is. And, uh, you know, it resonates with a lot of different people. And what I love about it, what I, lo- what I really love about Endgame, and, and really the, the MCU in general, more so Endgame. Endgame is a movie where it's, Clearly appeals to a mainstream audience, obviously, right? Based on the money that it's making. But it's very much not a movie in a lot of ways that's made for a general audience. This movie mm. is really no, made you would have had for... To watch everything, right? Yeah, it's saying? really made for people, ideally, who have followed this whole thing. But yet, at the same time, people, just because of the spectacle of it, can go to see it having don't not being that familiar with everything and still enjoy it. And that's why it's such a great achievement. And that's right. why it's so different from a lot of other things. You know, because if you really think about this movie, like there's a lot to it that you really it helps if you have been familiar with these movies. But yet some of that stuff is just so awesome that if you're not very familiar with everything, just what you're watching on the screen is still breathtaking enough to where you're like, oh my God, this is great. Right. And you're not going to get that very often. No. No, but in, in the, the fun thing too, though, is that, you know, it became a, like it's a generational film, right? If you were like, you know, 10 years old and you went to go watch the, the first Iron Man and, you know, 10 years later, 11 years later, you're, you know, 21-year-old kid. Like yeah. you grew up with this franchise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like Marvel strategically, Marvel and Disney strategically placed things in your line of sight, like you know the Avengers Assemble, 
TV show on Disney XD or the, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, t- you know, cartoon show. All of that stuff has been, you know, sort of um, surrounding these this generation and i agree you know i don't i don't think you could kind of flat out walk into this franchise without having seen everything from the beginning um but you know that being said i do think that endgame has created such momentum in the culture and the subculture that it's going to create new fans that are going to go back and you know i oh maybe i I should probably watch some of these things like you know what i'm saying so it's really interesting to see it that is. dynamic. And I also wonder, now that the model is a proven success, clearly, what else are they going to, you know, how else are they going to apply that um, to different, uh, you know, different fran- other franchises that are underneath the Marvel umbrella? What can Star Wars learn <laughs> from this? You know, um, I don't, I hope people don't try to learn anything from it. Other than the fact that if you if you have a cohesive vision and you make good films, that's where you should be focused. I, I hope that's, that's the true. only lesson that's learned. I, I hope because because and I wrote I've written I wrote an article about this way back when on Revenge of the Fans. Right. And and I say it all the time, like, don't use don't learn the wrong lessons from things. Don't use the lowest common denominator and just say, oh, it's because it's a shared universe and that's what we need. Oh, it's because everything is the no. Just the simple lesson is, if you if you focus on quality, and you have a cohesive vision, and you're not giving up on things, and you're sticking to your guns, that is really where you want to be with this stuff. And that's hopefully the only lesson that they learn. Yeah, yeah. But one thing I do want to say though, quickly, um, because you talked about it, talking about people just walking into this movie like without being very, very familiar. What I love about it, though, is like, and why I say like the themes of this movie being family and sacrifice and what's important. Like, if you're somebody that doesn't necessarily know the whole story arc of Iron Man, like you're telling me, though, that those moments are still not good. If you have children or if you've lost a a loved one, right? Or if you ever been like that could still resonate with you. Oh, yeah. You know, if you've ever been in love, you know, like, the the stuff with Cap and Peggy, like that's gonna resonate with you because those are those are themes that transcend superhero genre and transcend right. those characters. Those are general themes that a lot of people can get into, but it's done in a way where it's even more rewarding if you actually feel like you know these people. Yeah. Like you're watching yeah. your friends go through this on the screen. Yeah. yeah. I mean there's that there's that scene where um and it kind of like it, again, it's one of those things that hit me like a ton of bricks. Boom! And it just like that, they kind of stopped me in my tracks. So I'm watching Tony come off the ship, right, and he's greeted by the rest of the Avengers and Pepper. And I I don't remember exactly who I think he, it was with Steve, but he sees Steve and he says, "I lost the kid." Like. And he said, "Is again, I, I, I lost, I like, I lost the kid." And he, you th- like, pow, smack me in the face, and I was like, "This dude, like, whatever, almost a month in space, and is still reeling, obviously reeling from the fact that he lost Peter Parker." Right. Um, Which is what makes and, the moment with the picture, yeah, so important. And 
they, it's like this, it's a breadcrumb that becomes enormous yes. and, yeah. you know, becomes a, you know, the, uh, ultimately is driving, right. his driving motivation for, for pursuing time travel. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things, again, it's like you may not understand the context of I lost a kid, what that means if you hadn't seen Infinity War. But the fact that you're seeing someone struggle from losing, uh, from loss, has it, reson- sure. it resonates with everyone. I don't care if you lost a goldfish, a pet, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. To your point, I mean, th- that stuff that, that speaks to you on a human yeah. level. And if I'm going to be slightly controversial here oh i think it's what's lacking in what's happened in the in the late these other dc films it's on a surface level well and it's, yeah. a, it's a poor attempt to sure. to achieve you know yes. this human theme um it's like going through the motions but the right but the depth of it is is yes. not there it's well very that's shallow. and the, you know what it's not even just that it's shallow so i'll i'll go in on this with you because we actually, it was briefly mentioned in the Revengers roundtable talking about how like the death of Superman didn't have any impact, whereas right. like, the death of Iron Man, like people are like devastated, and the reason is because it, it's not just about being shallow; it's about the fact that they chose to set up these characters as gods walking among us. You're not going to be able to relate to that, right? You know, whereas Tony Stark is like your cool uncle. Right. You know, like yeah. he's a guy and, and you get to these became like our friends, whereas the way these characters were portrayed, you know, in the DC, you know, at in those in BVS, like they were gods walking among us that didn't trust us. We didn't trust them. And forget about the fact that it was just too quick and not earned. But even with that, like this was a character that Superman character was a character that we didn't love yet. And we were told we, we shouldn't. And again, he was presented as a god. A god falling is not going to resonate with a, the average person the way a, a human being, you know, dying or or losing, suffering loss is going to. Right. Um, and I think that's the other thing. So it's it's beyond just the shallowness of it. It was also the portrayal. We don't relate right. to gods, mm-hmm. nor should we. Yeah. It, it it's funny because you know. Um, Batman is probably, you know, and I, I'm sure you'd agree, is probably the most most tragic character in, in the DCU or DC sure. universe, period. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've got Superman, uh, who also kind of comes from from a place of, you know, um, obviously he he's an alien, but he's also isolated because he has this tremendous responsibility. And, um, you know, those are those are intrinsically human um, traits mm-hmm. and they just haven't, they haven't gone to the point where they're comfortable. It's comfortable in its own skin and it, and it's able to connect with you that way. I think the only moment where that actually resonated with me in all of the films, if I'm being completely honest, was in man of steel where he loses Jonathan Kent. Yeah. That's the only part that stands out to well, me because you can see, sure. Like there's that realization yeah. that he he's he doesn't he's sacrificing himself for the sake of his son, um, and and Clark has to stand by and yeah. watch it happen. But that's also a father son relationship. Yeah, it's not a god walking. It's a basic father son relationship and a loss. That's something that so many of us can relate to. So again, is that relatability, and that's why it resonated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 
you know, again, we were talking about and how we got here um, is about things that can, you know, things that should or shouldn't be passed passed along to other other franchises. I would say that if there's anything that should come out of sort of what's happened with the MCU and specifically with Endgame is, you know, just that, like, like I said before, like I was talking about um, Shazam. Um, don't don't patronize the the viewer, you know. Like talk talk to them like they're they're human beings and, and and tell them stories, you know, that connect with them on a on a personal level. And I think that was the beauty, and that's why Endgame is so successful because it's doing it on so many different levels. Yep. It's doing it through so many different characters. It's yes. doing it through so many different emotions yep. uh, that it becomes a mainstream film because everybody. In one way or another is going to be able to connect with that. Sure. So. If you want to go to the movies and you want to laugh, you want to cry, you want to jump up and down and pump your fist and be excited and have an adrenaline rush, you could go see three or four different movies or you could just go see Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's why the damn thing is making the money that it's making on top of other reasons. But yeah, I mean, in reality, like you're getting a full experience for yeah. your three hours of time. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. So, cool. all right, so that's that. Uh, I guess this will probably, well, I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about this movie because we'll be talking about, as the box office numbers continue to come in, I'm sure there's uh, n- there's other discussions uh, not related to the details of the film itself that we'll be talking about as it continues to break records. Yeah. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll dive into that. Um, but of course, um, you know, we do want to hear what you have to say. We, we We've spoken to a lot of you already about it, but, you know, feel free to, to continue with your comments, pros, cons, um, you know, what did you like? What didn't you like? And, and of course you can join that conversation, uh, by finding us on Twitter at the fanboy garage. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at real CL mighty. And you can find me on Twitter as well at starting Sith. Deepest apologies for not keeping up with our Instagram page, but that should change this week. Hopefully. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, uh, you know, I just also want to recap the month of April. Now, here we are, May 1st, as we're right. recording this. You'll listen to it on May 2nd. But Third. thank you to all oh, our new listeners. You guys made April the biggest month that we've ever had uh, in the history of the show. So thank you so much. If you really like what you're hearing and you want to support the show, we're not asking for money. We don't have a Patreon. Well, we do have a Patreon page, but we're not really soliciting for funds. Um, leave us a five-star review. It goes a long way. And, um, you know, we really appreciate you tuning in weekly to the show. Yes. And uh, keep listening. And, and of course, as we've mentioned before, we're co- we are coming up on the one-year anniversary of this show. And we will be doing a, a, a few special things in and around that. Um so, uh, yeah, so this is a celebratory month for us. So, For sure. Yeah. Thanks Great. to everyone who's listening and continues to listen and who's supported us uh, over the past uh, almost year. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Well, let's close the garage yep. and get out of here. All right. I guess Avengers disassemble? No, disassemble. Just, just bye. Disassemble. Okay, bye. <laughs>